Hello, welcome to Sparkling Nonsense, a space for 90s, aughts, intense nostalgia, pop culture, growing up gifted, and cake. I'm Claire. And I'm Michael. And this is our first episode. So what we want to start with is introducing what Sparkling Nonsense is, because there's a literal definition and that more big spiritual vibe. So uh, Claire and I are best friends who live in Denver, and we came up with Sparkling Nonsense when we were co-workers at a local brewery, and we would drive to work every day. And on the drives, we discovered some tracks. We both love punk pop music, um, and we just started we just started making a playlist of all of those '90s, early 2000s jams. And then the playlist got out of control. It even got hacked once, which was wild. But I think that that playlist really solidified a level of pop culture and nostalgia in our lives that we used to relate to. And so it started coming up where it was like, oh, that's sparkling nonsense. But the actual term came from one night when we were working at that brewery and Michael was talking about a particular sparkling wine that it was, you like. Yeah, it was called um, Volarno. It's a Spanish wine. And Claire couldn't pronounce what it was. You so. kept saying it, and I forgot <laughs> it at one point. I was getting so frustrated. I was like, you know, you go get whatever sparkling nonsense you were talking about. And somehow that phrase stuck so much that that became what that playlist was called. Because all of those songs, they have, they're just poppy. They're a vibe. They're fun. None of them are... Like we wouldn't, we don't want to call any artist or any work nonsense, right? But they're just kind of ridiculous and yeah. really fun and bubbly, just like that champagne. And so that's where sparkling nonsense came from. And yep. that's just the millennial Gen Z vibes. It it literally that's exactly mm. what it is. It's us being on the cusp of technically being born almost Gen Z, but we're millennials for mm -hmm. sure and so that weird like let's just all try to have a good time and be okay um and living through our childhood over and over again i feel like there's so much millennial talk of like i feel like i'm perpetually 16 to 19 and that's also kind of well, what sparkling nonsense all is all the pop culture elements from like the 90s and the early 2000s are back again oh my god it's so, so weird so it's like as you'll as we'll get into on in future episodes like everything that we talk about it's from 2015 10 years ago but it's even. all still relevant <laughs> right um, and like new documentaries and new things come out about this stuff but i really can't handle the fact that i opened spotify the other day and it was a playlist called retro tracks and it was like backstreet boys <laughs> and like everything that i'm like that's just tracks <laughs> isn't that just normal music why is that we're retro retro now, we're tracks old. like we're like oh, old no. fallout boy and i was like oh no we're old so i guess it's a nostalgia podcast because i feel old but Really, we're just like in our twenties. Yeah, so. <laughs> we're just we're just floating, we're just vibing, and hopefully you'll vibe with us. And that's what we want is to for you to feel that sparkling nonsense too. So that's so, some background. So I guess every week we'll kind of um, to get you all familiar with sparkling nonsense. We'll talk about what's sparkling and what's nonsense. That's right. In today's pop culture. Yes, exactly. Which it's always a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. The world is a nuanced place, but I feel like. Some things are a little more sparkly and some things are absolutely nonsense. 
my uh, sparkling nonsense of the week is the film Senior Year with oh, Rebel Wilson. God, I can't have believe you it. Seen it yet? No, oh, I have every time so I keep watching the previews because and every time she sits up and goes, I'm ready for prom. I'm like, oh no. She's, I've seen it. I've watched it twice. <laughs> oh I love it. It's so we're not doing an episode on it, but it's um oh, yeah. So this is the movie that just came out on Netflix with Rebel Wilson, and she's plays a 16-year-old who um, I don't want to spoil it, but gets into some sort of uh, kerfuffle at school right before prom, and then she goes into a coma for 20 years and wakes up as a 37-year-old, and then she goes back to high school to try and become prom queen. And so I it's feel like just, that's the whole sparkling uh, nonsense vibe yeah, right there. They use Avril Lavigne as like one of the songs. Shut up. They have like all the yeah all the magazines. It's it's great. The magazine. Oh, I feel like we should do it show just completely on magazines old, that like, we grew up with too oh my god and like you would buy certain issues to get the specific mm -hmm. posters of panic of the yeah. disco and anyway yeah. we can get into that the way later ones where they all had their own poster inside like the different color of the magazines yes. like my cousins and i all bought them and so we yep. all, like tried to get all so many magazines oh yeah and you because they had like slightly different ones in the like little like tiger beat or like mm -hmm. people logo was in them and it yeah. totally made you feel like, oh, I got it from this magazine. I The amount of like Panic at the Disco and Green Day ones that my friends and I would fight over who got to keep which ones because we'd go in on the magazines together. What? Why? Yeah, Why didn't we just buy our own magazines? Why would you share magazines? See, I know. Like I didn't have siblings, but my friends did. So I guess they were used to it. And I was like, can I just have it? Yeah. I don't That's know. Right. As an only child, you just take what you want. That's right. So I feel like my sparkling nonsense is the fact that I have been seeing people post on social media that I have Chessie vibes today. Like the like, nanny from the parent trap or the 1998 it's, parent it's trap with Chessie? Lindsay. Chessie vibes. I thought it was Chessie. No, it's Chessie. Her name is Chessie. Like that's why it says, that's why I kept having to correct it from cheese in the notes. <laughs> It's Chessie. Her name is Chessie, but it's like an aesthetic now. There's like Pinterest boards devoted to it. It's all over TikTok and it's like wearing like a jean topic. button up and khakis and putting your hair in that clip. And I'm just, like, I've seen multiple piece of people post How like channeling Chessie. Chessie. They, like, some of them are my her. age, but some of them are like teens. They would think it's a cool retro look, which I can't. Mm -hmm. It's also when I found. It's hysterical. From the teens on TikTok, what was it? Um, what did I? What was it like? Country club grandma aesthetic or whatever oh, I sent yeah. you, and I was like, "You've got to be that kidding is, me!" That is the vibe, though. I it love, is. I want to go to the beach. It's so and good, like, and like wear nice weird three-quarter length sweater Cardigans. and put yeah. wine on the Absolutely. table in big glasses. Absolutely. So that's mine. Is that like that's a trend now for people our age and people older than me? Um, the actress who, I might have to correct this later, but I believe the actress who played Chessie is now on that Abbott Elementary show. No way. And so that's like my favorite show right now. Oh my and she's God. hysterical. She plays this like <laughs> East Coast like Italian teacher who's like tough oh. as all dead out and is just like bossing everyone else around and she's just amazing. And I was like, oh my God, it's Chessie. But it's Chessie. <laughs> she's back in the spotlight. See, maybe that's why. Like it's all coming. It's We're all sparkling all nonsense. That's her. Sparkling she nonsense is. just keeps coming back. I am. Um, wow, I'm in shock that she's in another show. <laughs> I feel I, like she I, was a one-hit wonder. I'll have to confirm that but later. But I've been trying to watch Abbott Elementary, so now I feel like I have to. Uh, Lisa Ann Walter is the actress. Crazy. Let us. It is her. 
Is Abbott it? Elementary. She plays oh. Melissa on Abbott Elementary. She's amazing. Incredible. Finally, it took her like forever. I, that's like what I'm saying. Years. She's she like a one-hit wonder actress. She's <laughs> so good. We love you. Oh, thank We're you. What's fan. her name, Jessica? Lisa. Lisa. Oh, no. <laughs> Jessica. 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 Lisa and Walter, we love you. Okay. Big fans. Big oh, fans. And apparently so does Gen Z. They're yeah. In love with your whole look. But she's awesome. So our first topic for our first episode is spring awakening, which again is a huge part of my and your adolescence and semi-adulthood and still is, and has been brought back forthright into the spotlight. Yeah, Spring Awakening. Um, that it, it's a musical written in 2006, I believe, um, that was based off of a play from 1890. Which uh, I read in high school drama class, the original, the original play. One. It's wild. The, it's really upsetting. <laughs> really, it's really cool. I should have my students read that next year. Um, yeah, Stephen Sater wrote this musical which we all got to learn about again, thanks to HBO Max. Yeah, <laughs> HBO Max um, just released a documentary about the show called Those You've Known, um, The Return of Spring Awakening. It involves the original cast from the musical um, taking doing a benefit concert for the Actors Fund, which gives funds to actors in need. Um, so it was really cool to watch this episode and it kind of explored all the things about Spring Awakening. Um, so Claire, what is Spring Awakening about? Spring Awakening is about so many things. Spring Awakening is like a coming of age angst rock take on being a adolescent in 1800s Germany. <laughs> yeah, the the kids are all... 1800s German children, but then they pull microphones out of their pocket and they're instantly transported into uh, the early 2000s. Which used to irk me so really? bad as a concept, which is so stupid because I would be like 14 years old being a complete know-it-all only child person. Yeah, I'd be like, he says turn the stereo on and you can't have a stereo in 1875. <laughs> like, what is wrong? But like, then I'm watching this documentary 15 years later and I'm like, that was literally their whole point. Like the writer, like intentionally, and I was like, I'm an asshole. Because well, in the documentary, <laughs> in the documentary, I think it was Steven Sater or Michael Meyer who directed it. Yeah. Um, but they he said that originally they were gonna set it in the 1950s. Yep. Which I was like, that would, but he didn't like the style of the music. Oh, it was Duncan Sheet, who was yes. the composer who said that. The composer. That he didn't like that style of music, but then I was like, oh, that would have been really cool. It, it would have been, but I feel like this it been too punk rock it goes way better. better. Like yeah. it, that's what you feel when you're mm -hmm. 13 and confused. Is that just like, oh, Kurt Cobain? Like, come on, like get this out of my head. And I thought that was really interesting in the documentary when he was like, the image I couldn't get out of my mind was a young German schoolboy in his German schoolboy attire who just whips a microphone out of his jacket, and I was like. That's why I felt like an asshole for me. It doesn't make sense. I'm like, that was literally his inspiration. But it works so well for transporting you into the mind. So for anyone who doesn't know the story of Spring Awakening, um, it's about Meltier Gabor, who's a 16-year-old kid um, who falls in love, kind of, <laughs> this girl named Venla Bergman. Who's... Maybe he falls in lust. Yeah, probably. But then he also cares about her. Yeah. 
I mean, she's 14. Yep. And um, they fall in love and it's their first love and nobody in their little German town is telling them anything about sex or puberty or anything. Yep. It's a silent hush hush environment where all the things that you're supposed to not only is it like a commentary on why sex ed is important, but it's like, we just don't talk about any of the pain you're feeling. We don't talk about Mm -hmm. that. Um, And yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, it's okay. But yeah, he also is, Melchior is questioning everything. Like he's doing that teenage Mm -hmm. thing where he starts to wonder like, well, why is math important? Like, when am I ever going to use this? And starts like standing up to his teachers or saying like, just because this is the way things have always been done, why would you do it that way? And he gets basically like called a sociopath. And they're like, this kid sucks. (laughs) But he only has one friend really. And it's this kid named Moritz, who's just this total really sad nerd boy um, whose parents are really kind of abusive and they don't tell him anything. And so he's just kind of too smart for his age and he falls into all of this mischief trying to figure out what sex is and why things exist. And um, and then he meets up with Ilsa, who is this girl on the streets, who's his old childhood friend that's going through some trauma of her own. And let's see, there's also Hanschen and Ernst. Yep, um, who are discovering their sexuality. Duality. And again, not only like, you know, this deals with masturbation, it deals with the feelings that you start mm-hmm. getting when your body starts becoming Disturbing. an adult. That's and not only do we not talk about it, but in this culture, that's shameful. I mean, it's that mm-hmm. whole masturbating will make you blind motive. Yeah. Like there's lines in the songs about that. And so not only is your feelings of sexuality something that needs to be cleansed out of you via sin, but you cannot be a homosexual either. That mm-hmm. is like even more shameful and shameful. My God. Shambles. But it's sham- their life is in shambles. shambles. My, I am shambles. <laughs> I mean, Spring Awakening, they all end up, their lives are in shambles. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's sad. Yeah. So like, there's these different kids that are going through a lot, and it's this environment of we can't educate you, but we're also going to shame you for every, like everything is associated with this shame. Um, but the big underlying motif as well is that these kids start calling out the adults. Like, mm-hmm. you never told me. Yep. How was I supposed to know? And the adults can't, don't know how to deal with that yep. until it's too late. And because that's where the big they were crux, shamed. Yeah, that's like, where the big crux of the conflict comes in. Um, but the reason that we're talking about Spring Awakening today is that it was a huge, huge phenomenon back when we were in middle school and high school. Yeah, like to the point where like I still listen to songs from the soundtrack. Like when I need to work out something emotionally, I'm going to put on the bitch of living. Like, yeah. which is one of the songs, which, you know, albeit it's about masturbation and trying to deal with those feelings. Well, but something about that. that song, it's just like everything makes me feel like I'm doing something wrong, but I have to get this out somehow. So I'm just going to yell. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. um, it. It was a huge hit in 2006. It starred and started many of the careers of people who run Broadway and pop culture today, um, such as Glee's Leah Michelle. We'll get to her in a minute. Um, <laughs> Hamilton <laughs> and Frozen's Jonathan Groff. Oh my gosh. Um, who is, do you know he like writes TV shows now? He has like I that, know that dead plug for a podcast I love, Dead Pilot Society, where they take 
uh, pilots written by A-list writers that never got made on the Maximum Fun Network, but he has an episode of a pilot that was bought and never got made. And it was like, by Jonathan Groff. And I was like, oh shit. Is it the same person? Yeah, oh, it's cool. him. Wow. Yeah, oh, and he's like super famous now. Like a lot of these people just launch their career, like mm -hmm. you were saying, um, Skylar Aston from Pitch Perfect. Perfect. And then Lauren uh, Pritchard, did you know that she is Lolo from Panic at the Disco? No but way. Climbing up the bat. No, 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 no. That's like, that's her. She. That's. Ilsa I can kind from... of hear it now mm -hmm. when I think about her. That's awesome. What? Oh, and Gideon Glick. I mean, he has yeah. like a supporting role in everything. He was in uh, Righteous Gemstones. He plays oh, this reporter. No they do light him on fire. Spoilers. <laughs> oh my God, sorry. But <laughs> he is in it. He's in like everything. And I didn't even recognize him in the documentary. I was that's, like. Gideon Glick so cool. was in Spring Awakening? Like, what? And then Andy Miantis and Crystal, Krista, excuse me, Krista Rodriguez yep. um, from Smash. Yep. And Halsey and all sorts of, um, Halstead, not Halsey, that's the pop star. <laughs> Halston is the person. Halston is the designer show. Like, she plays, <laughs> Krista Rodriguez plays Liza Minnelli on that, and she's really good. Holy shit. Yeah. So it, start, it starred so many famous people and right when they were at the beginning of their career. Yeah. I mean, when you watch the documentary and if you have it, you should totally go watch this. Cause I feel like it'd be a good companion, but like these kids were also like 19 years old yep. when they were making this and it really, you know, the concept itself spoke to them, to the people mm. that were seeing. I mean, it became one of those things that people our age were just obsessed with when yes. they show people like crying and like sign everything I own. And they- It was you, like Hamilton before Hamilton. It was, but it was like, it also spoke to on an emotional level. Cause mm -hmm. Hamilton is like, oh, Hamilton. Yeah. Like, it's a big like, epic, but this one is but more this smaller like, black box. Yeah, but it like got you in the heart. Yeah. Like, I cannot, tell you enough that like when I was first introduced to this musical I was like this is exactly how I feel every day yeah. like you know as a kid growing up with undiagnosed ADHD I feel like Moritz like yeah. he absolutely like has ADHD because he's super smart but he can't focus and he can't like get past his anxiety to like mm -hmm. be successful and that's ultimately like what his downfall is, is yeah. that he totally has these abilities, but everything that stands in his way and all the shame from adults in his life and no good examples, he just figures, I guess I can't do this and I'm not good enough. And that's like really what I felt in the back of my head all the time from like age 11 to well now, <laughs> but, <laughs> but now we have more things we yeah. say to counter it than you do when you're a teen. Okay. But when you're exposed to this music, it's like, my God, that's how I'm feeling in my head right now. Like all this, I, audience, just so you know, I keep sending Michael these pictures of my Facebook statuses from 11 or 12 years oh, ago where I am like quoting Spring Awakening. Like, and I'm little like, middle school Claire at least once a week was like, like I'm sad, I'm listening like, to more. Like, this is the bitch of living. Oh, like, God, <laughs> and like, I'm so totally funny. So funny. Or the best one that I had though was that, so spoiler alert for the show Spring Awakening. Mortz takes his life yeah, really um, and it's really, really sad. And that's his character arc because he just can't get past these things that he feels. And you know, when you have anxiety yeah. and you're in these panic attacks and you're in these, like, it does feel like, okay, there's no hope. Like there's nothing yeah. coming out and he doesn't have anyone to support him in mm -hmm. trying to get past that. And so he does take his life. And I made a Facebook status that said, sometimes I feel like more steeple. 
but don't worry, I'll be okay. Oh and there's a line where in one of the songs where they're, he writes a letter to one of the Melchior's mom yeah. and says, like, you know, I, I'm going to have to take my life if you can't help me escape this town. And she goes, what was it? Veiled threat that oh, should escape yeah. not be possible. You would take your She's own so life. And when I sent you that thing, I was like, is this a veiled threat? <laughs> it's like so much to be concerned. It was, yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, but anyway, on, that's on the HBO documentary. It's really interesting to look at it like 15 years down the line. They're all getting ready for this big concert, like re showing of Spring Awakening. Um, and it's just so funny because, not funny, because you see a lot of what they went through at the time. Yeah. But Jonathan Graff, we love him. Oh we God. love him. So talented, like amazing. He's amazingly talented. The perfect King George, yeah. the perfect whatever he does, honestly. Yeah, he's great in everything. But the man cries so many times in this documentary. I made a cry, <laughs> I made, I made a cry counter for how many oh, times no. he cried. Please, how Let's many see. times did he cry? Let's how many see. times? Because it really was. It's the first thing you notice is that he, he instantly burst into tears. Every five seconds. But I mean, same, because it shows so good. Like, yeah, I get to be it. fair. You and I were both like, haha, she started singing and he started crying. Meanwhile, I'm like physically tearing no. up. I'm like, yeah, what an idiot. Like, 12, 12 times in the oh whole hour half documentary. So that's like once every time. You know, it's like clockwork. Just God. starts getting those tears falling. It's so true though, because like I will say, I like was like, yeah, what a what a weenie. And yeah. I immediately, the second Michelle started singing to I was like, I'm I'm well, having chills thinking that's about what it. like as I watched the documentary the second time to get ready for the podcast I was yeah. like when when that instrumental hits at the very beginning I think mama who bores me bores me <laughs> lame mama, <laughs> mama you're boring ma, ma, mother who what was the song mama, mama who, who bore me yeah mama who that one me. is the best opening to a Broadway show I've ever seen the, it's like perfect. that one violin I literally mm -hmm. like you can see the goosebumps and it's like and then it's just like a single white light and it's like boom and she just belts out this beautiful piece and she's just standing on a chair with like yeah. stockings mm -hmm. and it I, I literally you can see it i have physical chills yeah. thinking about At this first, it, i think spring awakening the first four songs like mama who bore me the mom who i can't say that song today mama who bore me reprise mm -hmm. uh those you've known and bitch of living are like no skips like it's like the best quartet yep. of songs for any musical and it it does it just introduces not only the concept and the feelings of the characters so well but it i mean every single song is a banger yeah like that's the whole show just, every be, single song there's not the even score like is amazing. even some of the weird songs like mirror blue night and stuff yeah but that that song and that scene reminds me of what is it the angel dying sequence in rent where it's just oh like, yeah what yeah, is yeah. happening Contact. oh my yeah, god yeah. is that what it's called oh yeah. Me. yeah um yeah it just like there's not one song in that place i mean i used to get up in the morning in like the eighth grade and i would put my ipod nano put your stereo on my on. put my stereo on <laughs> shoot up some you in the you of some song anyway that's from the bitch of living if you hadn't heard it but I would just put, I'd go to albums on my iPod because when you had an iPod, it used to be, they you scroll to your albums. the iPods. Did you know that? What? Sorry. My no. brain, no, that's, but see, this they, is sparkling nonsense. They discontinued the iPods the other day. 
Like they're not gonna like not surprising. I mean, like arguably, right? was no anyone buying was, that? No. You know but what? But it just made me sad. It's but that's like that's sparkling glasses. Yeah. It's that if it's so we bought we got a grant when I was working in senior living um, in memory care. We got this grant for a program called Music Through Memory, and they give you money or they give you a bunch of iPods and iTunes cards. Um, but some of the old iPod shuffles, which if you don't know what that is, a it's a ones. teeny tiny square, pretty much that had buttons and no mm -hmm. screen. Um, and you would just, you could only put like 90 songs on it max. It was like one or two gigs of memory and you would just hit play and have to shuffle through whatever was on it. But we got a bunch of them and some of them had the old long Apple charger. We had to, when those broke we had to buy one on ebay because no one yeah. sells the, because everything's just lightning cable now it was 36 dollars without those, the brick and then easy. a year later we had to buy another one it was like 80 dollars to get an old apple charger and i was like what is happening but i mean i guess i don't i think there are genuinely like students that you teach or like dance students that i have that don't know what an ipod is 100 i guarantee it yeah because once the iphone came out i think i got mine well i got one the year it was released but then i got one again later in 2011 and you could just put it all on there so why would i also have an ipod nowadays yeah. especially because the gigs on your iphone are so much better more i don't know i had the That's brick crazy. i had like the brick ipod video yep. one i could hold so many songs video on there iPod, yes. it was like the sick one everyone was like so jealous was, that like, i had was... so much storage and then i lost it choir <laughs> during spring when i did the show See? it was like when i was doing the show we went on tour to different theaters around really? southern california mm -hmm. oh, yeah, and i so lost my that, like i lost my ipod um that's so sad because no that was around that time though where like we had the iPhones and everyone started using iPhones, but the iPod that came back was like, ooh, I'm a hipster. I have an iPod still thing. Do you yeah. remember that? And people were buying them on like eBay and like oh, buying. Yeah, yeah. I remember like I was dating a guy who's like, I think I'm going to buy an iPod classic. And I was like, why? You have an iPhone. Like, and he was I'm like, a classic. because uh, like, <laughs> you know, I can take it out into the woods with me and I don't need internet. I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, people are doing it. And he, there was like a BuzzFeed article about how that was like the trendy hipster thing, which is just a whole mood. But anyway, tangents aside, you were in Spring Awakening. I was, not the Broadway one, let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> just a college I met production. Jonathan no, 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 no. Just a college production of it um, in That's 2014, so but it was so fun. It I was... remember you telling me that when you were going into it, because I was still in high school when you were doing that. Mm -hmm. And I was just like in awe because that had been my favorite. Mm -hmm. Favorite show. What? You get to do it. And I still haven't watched your video. Uh -huh, I need to so bad. They only have act one on the on the website. It's so sad. I have the DVD though, but I have to email the we director and be like, Dan, give me the second one. Oh my god. That's but uh, it was very fun. So yeah, I love um I was the I was the male adult. We split the director did a really cool thing and they split that role like the adults in half. So like Melchior's parents and the teacher like all the parents were played by two people and all the teachers were played by two people so that was really cool because you got to see like get to get more actors involved and then you get to they were different more adults so you could see the different nuances of the characters That's um cool. and then i was like the unofficial male swing because i was just a nerd and i would go to every rehearsal <laughs> like, and I so i like everything. learned all the parts so i know the whole show <laughs> Oh my God, that's so cool. It's it so, so funny fun. because 
you and I will like sing the harmonies mm -hmm. on stuff mm -hmm. and like know all that. I think that's amazing. Um, that's kind of fun to have played all the parts though. Yeah. Like I was listening cool. to another podcast, um, super famous one stuff you should know. And they were talking about like Broadway understudies. It was mm -hmm. like how understudies work and how like the swing might be one of the most hardest working understudy type actors mm -hmm. on Broadway one, because if someone in any of the roles, which is usually most of them for your like age group or mm -hmm. gender, um, if any of them get sick or need something, you then take over the, the entire part. part. Yeah. Like, and you know everyone's part. But I feel like was, for Spring Awakening, because you and I loved it so much, I would have been like, I'll be the swing too. It like, was just wild because you were like, okay, someone's not at rehearsal. Like, who am I going to have to kiss tonight? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it Hanshin or Ilsa? Yeah, like, who is it? It could be anybody. Like, <laughs> um, but it was, you know, <laughs> it's a weird. Yeah, it was, it's a really, it was a really fun show. Um, like they said in the documentary, like how close that cast was, I think yeah. we were really close too. Cause we were like, all the same, we were the same age as the people like when they played it on Broadway. We were yeah. like 19, 20, I was 20, I was 20 yeah. when I did it, 19, 20, 21. So it was like really, really fun. Cause we were all hung out together. We would go to class together. We would like hang out after school. We were just like really, really, really close. That's cool how you like parallel the documentary. Mm -hmm. It kind of seems like, but like that show deals with some really intense, not only emotional, but like societal stuff. Mm -hmm. So I feel like when you're in charge of putting on such a sensitive piece that speaks to so many people that deeply, like you have no choice but to get close. Cause like yeah, to do those characters well, you bring a lot of yourself. And they talk about that mm -hmm. a lot in the documentary, like, you know, how much, a lot of them ended up relating to their character. Like I remember Jonathan Gallagher Jr. being like, I I was Moritz. And I just like I identified with that so much. I was like, oh, I'm gonna cry with you saying that. And he was like, but it helped me work through that. And knowing that kids would come up to me or people his age mm. at the time would come up to him and say, Yes, you spoke to how I feel. And I think like Vendla has a lot of that too, because so Leah Michelle, who plays Vendla, like her character is the one who really calls it out. So, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Um, spoiler the whole thing. Yeah. Venla and Melchior end up doing it, mm -hmm. which is like a whole and thing. To, like on stage, <laughs> they're having sex. Like well, it was like, but yeah. they're not. But they're like, not. It, but like, it is. Yeah. They, he, I love that. Like Jonathan Cross whole vibe is like. So I sent them this picture of my ass again because <laughs> in the group chat, just oh my god. He's like, I sent this because it was 15 years later, and I was like, that's some nonsense I would do. Like, save that photo and be like, it's time. But yeah, so like, I mean, they show what is basically like sex on yeah. stage. And so that's one of the other reasons that not only was this show so controversial, but it was groundbreaking yeah. because they were able to like successfully show this one without anyone getting hurt yeah. and actually having sex yeah. and two like i mean it wasn't like off broadway it wasn't like a you know mm -hmm. risque a, or burlesque or whatever it was like this is a show this yeah. is and because it resonated with people and the yeah. documentary they talked about how they weren't they never knew that it was going to go that far yeah and they were worried about it and then it just kind of like related to people and but it works it works yeah. yeah so anyway so they do that and is that the end of act one when so. they, I think it's like, yeah, because it's that, that bright light of him like entering her. Yeah. It's <laughs> like a then, quick blackout, and, and then, then it blacks out. Yeah. Um, so Venla gets pregnant because nobody knows about yeah. 
Because um, her mom won't explain to no. her how babies are And born. she doesn't understand, her character also genuinely doesn't understand that, like, the feelings that she's having of, like, lust and that yeah. satisfaction. Like, she doesn't understand that, one, that is sex, and two, she doesn't know that sex is what causes pregnancy. Like, I think she has that line that's, like, I'm not supposed to believe the stork forever. Well, like, yeah. how could you, like, I obviously still don't believe in the stork. Because the mom believe the mom sets mm -hmm. it up in the very beginning. Like, that opening scene is like, oh, yep. Benla, like, it's just the stork will come. Right. And, and so she's she like, how long do you expect me to believe in the lie of the, yeah. or the story stork. of the stork? And so she knows that's in it, but she doesn't connect sex and she doesn't connect the, the like, feelings of desire and intimacy to, like, procreation. And so she gets pregnant. And her mom it's the shame police again mm -hmm. and she's like again this is where she really comes in is like you never told me yeah. how was i supposed to know if you didn't tell me and instead of her mom being like you're right how are you supposed to know like i feel like you could have even been a mean parent and been like well, i never told you because i didn't want this to happen but her mom just goes like shut up like you suck basically yeah. instead of even saying like you're right i didn't tell you but that was for your own good she's just like I didn't tell you you're well, awful. They, they're just, you know, she just <laughs> takes her without telling her. Yep, she doesn't know where get, she's going. To go get, to go get an abortion, which yep. in those days were really, 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 really dangerous. Right. Not only dangerous because medical advances, but also completely illegal. So yeah. you were, you were going to a very sketchy place. Yeah. Um, and, that, and I mean, it's 1800. So our medical. And the, yeah. The, the <laughs> history. So the, the actor who plays the role that I played, um, is plays all the male characters and so he plays the abortionist and the last time you see venla it's tragic he just literally like picks her up and carries her off stage she her last line is just like mama yeah Which, she was like where are you taking yeah. me to i think they show that in the doc too mm -hmm. of like leah michelle's script god she played that character so perfectly well. like leah michelle is a vibe and <laughs> but her talent is unreal and she was the perfect venla yeah she um Leah Michelle came, in case you don't know, Leah Michelle came under fire from one of her co-stars on Glee um, for some racist uh, comments and just unprofessional behavior on set. So, but we won't like dive into that here. We're just, and we don't want to like, we're not going to play light or I don't want to be light with any of those details, no. but... Leah Michelle is really talented. She, she's like, really, arguably talented. Like, this is where you have to compartmentalize the person, like the artist, which is mm -hmm. like not okay on some levels and really difficult to do. But I mean, she, her voice, exceptional. Mm -hmm. Her acting ability, exceptional. exceptional. Should she have been Fanny Bryce in the New Girl revival? Probably. You mean Funny Girl? <laughs> the new, new funny girl. New girl is the um, Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, no, I mean, funny girl, funny so girl rebel. She probably definitely. That's where her whole thing comes in. It's like you know because of her personality and publicity mistakes, they intentionally didn't give her that role. Even though if you watch Glee, she is a fantastic Babs. Like yeah. she can sing. Streisand. The funny part is that Jane Lynch from Glee is in that production. Oh my god! A funny girl and Leah Michelle is in. Final so, tangent. I feel like, like they should both be in there. I would, yeah. I would cast Leah Michelle as a, but she, even though she's a publicity, like, probably I, not great right now, but still. Like, but she, I mean, I she even go. looks like, have you seen Funny Girl? Like, mm -hmm. she looks like Barbara in oh, that movie. Yeah. Like, it's, oh, yeah. ugh. I love Beanie Feldstein, though. Too, I do but. also. I adore her. I've just actually never heard Beanie sing. She's so really good. She's she, Ben Platt. used to sing little duets for, like, what, Broadway what is cares up with and her and Jonah Hill? Like, are they just the most talented people in the entire world? Probably. Because... 
Did you did you watch the Winning Time show? No. On HBO. <coughs> You're fine. <coughs> Note to cut the coughing <coughs> out of our audio <coughs> recording. Oh. Note. No, I have not watched that show. <laughs> um, it's directed by Jonah Hill, oh, which God. I was like, what? Like he is so talented because the you can pick up on how the talent of the directing in that show is wild and like John C. Riley is like breaking the fourth wall and like yeah. but back to spring <laughs> okay so anyway. back to spring awakening <laughs> because the tangents are real and bear with us this is our first podcast episode <laughs> and we are obviously very excited about our content but okay so we went from Leah Michelle being not funny girl. <laughs> not funny. Not funny. Or she wasn't the funny. Perfect funny girl, but because but of not funny was situation. Not cast was because not cast because she was. Yeah. Not funny girl, Leah Michelle. That's her Not funny girl, Leah Michelle. <laughs> RIP to uh. your talent. So, yes, in that regard, though, what is. You wrote down the line that Jonathan Groff says about her oh. talent, right? She, yeah. She, <laughs> Jonathan Groff was like, she's in, in the documentary. She's like, she's got one of the best voices, like, F her. LOL. Yes. LOL. Like, so he was like, this, he was just like cracking himself up. He Which, was really personable yeah, in that I feel like he is. He must be like that, though. I feel like we got a really good sense of who he is. Yes. He, he seems really real. It, he does. I think his, like, cutaways with him talking and um, who plays Ilsa? Oh, is Lauren Pritchard. Lauren Lolo. Pritchard and <laughs> Lily Cooper. Yeah, Lily Cooper. The two of their, their cutaways mm-hmm. were also just phenomenal. Like, I loved getting to know those people yeah. more. But Jonathan Groff just seemed like a fun guy and when he says that it's like god that's what like he loves her and they are best friends and respects her talent so much but he was like f her like, yeah that ego comes in so mm-hmm. even when you love so, someone yeah you're, you're like oh, there's always talented. someone more talented than you and you're like damn yep i know um okay executive decision that because this is so not important and yes it's a funny moment in the documentary and again if you haven't watched it go watch the documentary if you're interested or learn about spring awakening um i'm not going to address the funny thing that everyone's pulling out of this because again it was that's what she said um (laughs) again it was not important i mean i guess we could like uh, Leah Michelle just showed Jonathan Grotch. Jonathan Grotch. <laughs> Jonathan Grotch, her crotch. Yes. Right. Um, and, and so if you want to see that scene. Just for, just out of his curiosity, because he yeah. was a gay man. He was like, I've never seen one like this. Which, so. and again, she I think like, the point of this was to speak to the level of intimate connection yeah. they have. Yeah. But that seems to be what everyone just, got out of this it documentary. It's so funny that that was like all over the, doc, like all over the, that's what people got out yeah. of the documentary. But it was like, that's, that's what like, I'm what, saying. That's like, theater college kids oh my god that's what they do yeah like literally (laughs) theater people are weirdly close yeah and explore their sexuality together Mm -hmm. like it it did it it made a lot of sense and so the fact that like if you look this documentary up on tiktok which if you want to hear that clip that's what you're going to find yeah. if you look it up There's on so like much reels. more people, interesting stuff to that that show than that again part, yes but, but people just like picked out that audio and are like you know editing their face over it like oh can you believe it i do think jonathan groff's hysterical laughter when they mention it to him again it just makes him seem like such a person well, like he's he, so adorable he, like, he's like for, yeah he like forgot about that and then leo was like you might hear this juicy bit of gossip that we did i know i feel like, she, like her They're whole both vibe so, i like, like both of them they're just cracking up i feel like their friendship is fun 
Oh, like yeah. I love that they're best friends yeah. in real life. Like it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's kind of funny. She was like, I was in love with him. And they're still in love, but in yeah. like a very platonic oh, can sense. We, can we talk about that for a minute? Like I hate when actors do the like yes. I'm in the show. Like when I'm in the show, I make these choices as the character. Like I am them. No, you're playing the character. I was like, Leah. Like, no, 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 no. Which, again, we all know how dangerous that is. R.I.P. Heath Ledger. Um, Not to get really dark, but, like, do not Method acting, don't do it. Like, you can do some method acting, but when it consumes your life, or you say, I am this, or I made this character, first of all, you didn't write that character. You you can bring whatever you can to your talent and all that. Do not incorporate... That it is your personality. To be fair, though, Leah Michelle was in that production since she was 14. That's true. In, like, 1999. So she did, like, develop it. When I saw that, I was like, she was in there forever. I mean, yeah. And they do really – and that's why, you know, that whole vibe, like, when you think Venla, you see her in the stockings and the little dress. Like, her whole – she did. She devoted six years Years of her life life to to creating it in the workshops and then performing it after that so like i get it but it does feel cringy and unhealthy i'm like stop you are not god's gift to everything when anyone does it even if you are god's gift it's uncomfortable to watch and listen to (sighs) yes so anyway um the tony nomination oh the tony nomination story in the documentary at the end they talked about like how spring Awakening became a big hit and then they were like they got nominated for a lot of tony's um, but there's a story that Jonathan and Leah were like they went to a church across the street. It's the actors' church. Yeah, which like is one of the, the in New York City. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like right across from their theater on Broadway. They went there right when it was being announced. Yeah, the Tony um, Tony nominations were the next day. Yeah, <laughs> and, and Jonathan Graff was like, "Okay, do you have a quarter? Like, I'm gonna pay. I'm gonna like, throw, like was it throw it in the fountain? Like, throw it in the fountain or donate. pay alms." For yeah. donations, as a like good vibe for the nominations, and Leah was like, "Oh, I don't have one. Like, I just, we just came over here to have fun." Um, and then the next day, like, sure enough, Jonathan Graff got, got nominated for a Tony, and she did it. And she, she says like, this thing it. like, "And then he threw his quarter in the fountain, and I didn't." And sure enough, he got the nomination. I was like, "Oh no!" It's so funny though, because that, that kind of stuff happens though. You're like, I mean, uh, I would make the connection yeah. too. Like, I can't fault her for that. I would totally be like, no. "Crap." That's the moment. Yeah. That's when it happened. But it is really funny to watch her say that. It's like, oh, okay. Oh, oh. <laughs> you other... think that's the only reason. That's yucky. <laughs> My other favorite story from the end of the doc was that, like, when on uh, – oh, my gosh. Why can I not – John Gallagher Jr. Uh-huh. Um, on his last night, he played Moritz. On his last night on Broadway, that he and Jonathan Graff and Leah <gasps> snuck into the Broadway theater yes. overnight – that's like dreams. It that is. is and the they talk about it too. Episode. They're like, like oh. this was the most illegal thing you I'm surprised they like let them put because they like snuck in a digital camera, which again, sparkling ones that they oh. brought their digital camera in. They snuck like they were hiding wine. in a set piece, yeah. right? And they had like bottles of wine and they Picnic, just like food. Yeah, I think that and they stayed would overnight. be my dream. That would be so fun. They had like a little lock-in in their yeah. theater, but like Big time. And told each other all their secrets. Oh, I love that. So funny. That was such I was a beautiful like, I moment. Want, I want to do that. I mean, I know. Like, I think one of my casts, we like snuck into the pool after hours. Like, woo! CLU, but like, woo. That's like our version. 
And all I could think of was like youth group church lock-ins where all of us went into one room and shared secrets, but that's like not the vibe. But that is like, I guess that like, that was their college though. You know, like they did that show for two years. Yeah. Three years, four years, I don't know. But that was like. And they were, again, they were so close and they did like retreats together and stuff. Like they also explain how they go to Jonathan Groff's family farm, which is another hysterical segment. Like these folks got really close. Like they may have gone to the bar every night afterwards too, but they did like retreats on the weekend. They did a retreat. They took a bus yes. to the farm. Which it is like, and his parents had that big sign. Banner. It was like spring awakening cast welcome. Like you can just tell his parents were so proud of him. And Liam, adorable. But Liam this, Michelle was determined to have like Jonathan Groff's mom think that she was his girlfriend mm-hmm. so that she didn't. So, she, so they would give her a bed, which is like, girls, it's so not funny. even like the real wilderness. Same though. Like I, I feel like I would do, I don't, I don't, can't, I don't do the outdoors. Like I feel like that's, that's, but she was like the tent. Like I just couldn't do it. And so. That video footage was so cute though. I mean, you just yeah. really felt their nostalgia for this experience. Yeah. So anyway, like they show all this stuff in like the pictures from when they snuck into the theater and stayed the night, which again they make the point too, like they're like, that's super illegal. That's so illegal. <laughs> like, that's so bad. Which is and like, yeah, I feel like it's surprising. Gallagher that they... was playing the piano, which I was like, I feel like in those old theaters you would hear that. that I know. So and they said the night guard or left. Or they didn't care that much, which I was like, yeah. probably. But like the night guard left, I'm like, does someone not stay overnight in the theater? That seems wild to me. Maybe they do now. But that uh, was like, what, like 2008 or something? Yeah. Which, yeah, maybe, I don't know. Maybe someone's mom paid somebody. <laughs> you never know. The documentary culminates with showing um, the Benefit concert, mm-hmm. which is they bring. So let's talk a little bit about the set. In Spring Awakening is very minimalist. Yeah, which is my vibe. Really, my vibe. Yes. My, I love middle, I'm middle, uh, middle sets. Yes. Good closeups. I love minimalist sets. Black box theater chairs, mm-hmm. right? Like that's like pretty much. And, and then the hayloft like, yeah. swing that comes down. I didn't realize like, that was a swing. Did you? I didn't know. No. Did you know that was I mean, a swing until no, we watched but this? We all watched crappy bootleg <laughs> they, versions on YouTube. They like sit around it and push each other. Like, when we did it, like they were just up in like a balcony. made a they platform. Like, yeah, but they were like high up. But yeah. they're, like, they're like right, they're sitting all around them like, like air hippies. That, that part where they're like, it's going with the thrusting of the movement too. They like push the swing back and forth. And I was like, oh, I don't like this. But when you watch the bootleg versions that were on YouTube until 2012, you can't see it very clearly. So I never noticed that, but it is literally a swing. Um, Yeah, so they bring the chairs out onto a stage. And you know, one of the big things that happened, so we talked about how the vision was the person sitting in class in the schoolboy uniform pulls the microphone out. So they'll pull the microphone out and they'll stand up on their chair and start singing. And that's what they do in the benefit concert. And it, I'm going to cry. Like I literally like hearing the songs again and watching all the actors get so emotional in their their parts. Um, The dark, I know well when they reprise it and it's just the two women and they go black around them. Well, like, yeah, it's really I don't powerful. even have words. 
I cannot stress enough that if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to the soundtrack or learned a little bit about Spring Awakening, like go do it and then go watch that documentary. Yeah, it's really great. My other favorite part at the end, um, there's a song that's the finale that's called um, The Song of Purple Summer. Mm -hmm. And when you sing it, it's beautiful harmonies, like like gorgeous song, but it doesn't mean anything. Anything. (laughs) Like the words, it's like... And all shall fade. Da, 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 yeah, da. It's like just the, naming nature. The crops items. have grown. Yeah. The wheat is corn. gold. Yeah, the, the earth will wave with corn. corn. The gray flight gray, child. I don't know. The gray light something uh, will mourn. Uh, and mares will mate with stallions that they. With stallions that they. With rays. It's rays. Done, I think. It's fools are born. born. Yeah. yeah. So again, like there is the symbolism of like guess, the sexual nature of spring awakening. Spring. And I think the point is that it's summer now. So yeah. you've awakened, which fine, but it sounds like a pit, like an old panic in the disco song. <laughs> like level of Off lyrics the is like album. pretty odd. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sparkling nonsense. But the, the, in the documentary, the direct or the music director mm-hmm. was like, hell, I don't know what that means. <laughs> That was great because you can, you know, there's so many like Broadway nerds out there that was like, this is purple. They wrote a whole book on it though. There's a book. I tried to find my copy of it, but it's like notes on Spring Awakening, but like we used it in our production to like see what it meant, what that song meant. But as I was listening to it yesterday, I was like, because there's that part in Moritz's death song where he's like, um, and Ilsa, they're like talking about yep. when it's autumn. Da-da. Spring and summer, yeah. When, sure, when it's autumn, something. Winter. They name all the seasons, but then Moritz says something about like not making it to one of the seasons. That's right. And then I was like, oh. So she, they it make is. it to summer. Yeah. Yeah. There the, it is. Oh, you're totally And all right. shall fade the flowers of spring. Then yep. he dies. Boom. Song of Purple Summer. Song of Purple Summer. Okay. So I had this like, oh, that's what it was. <laughs> I thought that the music director was like, after the sh- after whatever. I did the show, I was like, got it. Thank you. Oh god, that's out. so true. Like that's exactly what that is. Oh my god. So yeah, I can't say enough good things yeah. about Spring Awakening and the documentary. And just I fun story. So when I was like. 14 probably mm-hmm. i went to the tattered cover bookstore with my dad shout out denver local bookstores tattered cover super cool um and they had a copy of the spring awakening script that had like a bunch of pages of like handwritten director's notes coming mm-hmm. in the sketches for all the characters and i bought it because what else is 14 year old theater kid no. only child weirdo gonna do of course they had it in tattered cover I know. So the, it, it was like the only copy, and my dad was like, "This is what you want to buy," and I was like, "Yes." Especially with that cover, because the cover is it's, just it's the sex scene. Like, like the set yeah. scene. Yeah, it's like a still image of the last scene yeah. of the first act, and my dad was just like, "Whatever." I don't know. And I was like, "I think I was like, it's a rock opera musical that I'm really into, Dad." Like, okay. God, Dad. Oh, okay. Dad. Yeah. So I bought the script, <laughs> and my friends and I. And my friends, I mean me and one other person with one friend to film it, acted it out in her driveway playing every single part. And if that doesn't tell you like the level of obsession that I had with this show, I don't know what does. Yeah, we've also, one time, you and, this is an embarrassing story, but we'll tell it. Please. One time you and I went to that karaoke bar and it was like Broadway themed and we did um, oh my God. 
the, the word of your body, but not the the, not the word the of your body reprise. The reprise that's which is Hanshin and Ernst, and because and that's the one that I always did because I liked being a Hanshin because I'm this like weird little skinny voice. raspy girl and like mm, I know. <laughs> so funny. I think I do a really good Hanshin impression. It's fine. Um, but yes, you should definitely check out Spring Awakening. It's a beautiful show. You can um, listen to the original recording mm-hmm. on Spotify. The songs are so good. Again, they're yeah, this pop, they stand pop alone vibe. too. You don't need to know anything about it. No, it like literally We've gives you, you the emotional Clearly. relief. <laughs> yeah, God, the emotional relief of like listening to like angsty yeah. fallout boy or like all time low. Um, the Rock. used yeah. like it gives you like those vibes, and it's just so good. And if you need to work through some stuff. Go, um, what did I, this was my, I was really proud of this quote when I said Brutal by Olivia Rodrigo and Totally Fucked, which is one of yeah. the songs that's been working. same vibes. Yeah. Absolutely. Because it's just Brutal by Olivia Rodrigo is all about like, man, it's brutal out here. And it's like, everything yeah. sucks. And I, what did she say? Like, I think I di- I'll die before I drink. Yeah. She's like 17 years old. Yeah. And that whole song is like, there's a moment, you know, you're effed. Yeah. Like, and there's not an inch more room to self-destruct. I'm literally reading it like spoken word poetry. But like that song is like disappear. You want to try. You want to like just go away. And then you're like, we're fucked. Yeah. And like that is Spring Awakening. It just helps you work through all of that. So moving on from our main topic here, um, our final segment of the show is called Saddest Vanilla. Do you want to talk more to me about Saddest Vanilla? Of course I do. Yes. So, Saddest Vanilla is on our Sparkling Nonsense playlist. Um, It's one of our favorite songs that probably (laughs) no one else has ever heard of. It's a song by the artist Jess Glynn. She's a British R&B pop artist. Um, She's great. Um, And there's this song called Saddest Vanilla, and it's just sparkling. It's it's a bop. It sparkles. It it's a good bop, but it's also <laughs> the words are nonsense. It is no complete... offense to the writers, but it's just we love it. Yeah, this no. is not hate. Like nothing that we talked about is hate. No. Any criticism is not hateful on this podcast. I cannot stress that enough. But we love there the is a feeling of ridiculousness that just comes with this kind of stuff. And saddest vanilla is about getting like dumped at an ice cream parlor. Yeah, she got dumped by her like, first like lesbian relationship. Her an ice cream parlor. <laughs> The vanilla ice cream she's eating is sad and pathetic. And if I haven't felt like a pathetic scoop of ice cream, I don't know who has. So (laughs) that's our our t shirts. Yeah. I feel like a (laughs) pathetic scoop of ice cream. That'd be a summer summer fashion choice. God, yes. Um, I'm all about it. But anyway. So, sad as vanilla is where we talk about desserts. Yeah, we like like desserts. Yes. You know, we like the sweet things in life. So, Claire, you have a dessert for the day that you want to try? I sure do. Well, the big thing that I sent you last week was I went to King Supers, and they had one of those Swiss roll cakes, which shout out to, like, yes, but, like, big ones. Like, have you ever seen those? Like, if you've ever watched Great British Bake Off, they make the, like, roll cakes that's, like, the sponge rolled up with the cream Mm -hmm. inside it. Yeah, so it's a, a big, real little Debbie. And it was, like, Devil's food chocolate sponge with cherry cream filling. Yeah, and I'm damn. all about that. So that is my saddest vanilla for the week in which no vanilla is involved. So Maybe was, in this So you don't need to make, you don't need to like weep no, into that your one vanilla. I, That's one you just purchase. See, that one I can buy. Sad times. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because 
I do not feel like baking right now. So we're going to purchase our Satis Vanilla this week. In the future, I'll have a real recipe, but it's our first episode. So that being said, we have hinted a lot at different things that are part of the makeup of Sparkling Nonsense. And the main thing that started our whole vibe and aesthetic was this playlist. So if you go to Spotify, I believe it's a public playlist because we got hacked once. Nobody yeah, added. Like EDM. Yes, they but, added uh, like so their weird. own like FP. We, we didn't add the Spring Awakening soundtrack. To How the is that not on there? We should probably playlist. put it on there. Okay, we'll add that. So it's you can go to now. Spotify, which, you know, if you don't have Spotify anymore, sorry, but you we should just re-download do it Apple because music. that's nothing. Um, I can't make my own public stuff. I've been using Spotify to share angsty playlists since I was 16, and it was the hipster thing. So go on Spotify. You can usually listen for free without an account. Mm-hmm. Don't even have to log in. You can find our playlist as public publicly published and it's called sparkling nonsense so that's the companion would you like to give us the song for the week the brutal by olivia rodrigo is pretty apt yes um and i think all like i think for song for this week what's your favorite song in spring awakening the bitch of living 110 that is my favorite song in spring Mm -hmm. awakening um but yes if you tell me if i'm right does totally effed on the spring awakening soundtrack have the same vibe as Brutal by yeah. Olivia Rodrigo. Oh, now, I recognize that Olivia Rodrigo released her songs in the 2020s, yeah, but, still but her vibe is sparkling, sparkling nonsense. nonsense. We could do a whole episode on her. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Cool. And like the way and she dresses is what we were yeah. dressing like. So like, yeah. again, that's all coming back. So that's why she gets included. But um, we also have social media accounts um, at Sparkling Nonsense on both Instagram and Twitter. Find us there if you want to follow and go listen to our playlist. That's all I have. Awesome. What's uh, what's up next week? Ooh, next week we're going to address the white hot Abercrombie documentary oh, I can because smell that cologne from here. Me too, and I can see myself in that really long Henley shirt with the moose on it. Oh, sparkle on, my friends. Sparkle on. I don't know if that's what I want it to be, but that's (laughs) what it it. is for episode one. Thanks for listening. Claire here with a quick addendum to the social media and contact information. We are on Spotify as Sparkling Nonsense Pod. We are on Twitter at S-P-R-K-L-I-N-G-N-O-N-P-O-D. So sparkling without the A, non-pod on Twitter. And you can email us at sparklingnonsensepod at gmail.com.